What's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Premier League Podcast here on FanRag Sports. My name is Sebastian Noren. With me is Polly Costell. No Elliot today. We are Elliot-less as he is uh, attending a watch party for some stupid sport called American football. Yeah. They should just call it something else, but whatever. Uh, we're going to talk about <laughs> real football that you actually play with your feet. And uh, we're going to take a look at the Champions League here, what happened midweek for especially the English sides, of course. And then we'll take a little look ahead at what's to come over the weekend in the league. So uh, if we take things back to Tuesday and uh, Tottenham grabbing a 3-0 win on the road against Apoel Nicosia thanks to a hurricane hat-trick. Uh, that whole hurricane Olivier Giroud comparison that Elliot tried to make is just getting worse and worse. What do you mean? Olivier Giroud just scored his Andres goal for Arsenal. Congrats. Uh, 13th fast or 12th fastest player to do that, and he beat out Robin Van Persie by one game. Okay. I still think Robin Van Persie is a much better player than Giroud. I, I don't I don't disagree with you. <laughs> so yeah, good win for Tottenham there. They did have some troubles in the beginning there. Up well, played well at the start of that game, hit the crossbar, but then here. From what I've heard, the uh, scoreline did not reflect the actual way the game was played. Uh, well, I I think they stood up fairly well. Yeah, but the, the bottom line is Harry Kane, Harry Kane scored and he's scoring a lot. And uh, if you just want to stand by for a second, I'm about to hit you with a couple of absolutely insane Harry Kane statistics. Okay. I'm First one. ready. Yes. On the season, all competitions. That was Harry Kane's, not on the season, on the calendar year of 2017. That is Harry Kane's 34th goal in all competitions. That's pretty good. We still have three months to go. West Ham have 35. Mm. So he is one goal behind West Ham. Other one. Uh, calendar year, 2016, all competitions, I believe club and country, though I'm not sure if country even matters for this. That was Harry Kane's sixth hat trick of the season or of the of the year 2017. And keep in mind, like you said, we have three months left. We're only nine months into the season or into the year. Harry Kane doesn't play in June, July or August. That's a hat trick a month. That's a lot. That is very impressive. That's that's a lot. That you know, and if he keeps doing this, uh, Spurs are they're kind of they're okay as long as you know he stays fit. Oh yeah, they'll Which... be fine. <laughs> and I mean, they have a decent backup for him now too, so he could actually. Yeah, rest. well, Urente still hasn't scored yet, and even despite the fact that Kane has like nine goals in his last five games, uh, they still haven't won a home game in the league yet. Yeah, we'll see if that changes. Uh, they sit. Second in their group, and they have six points after two wins, same as leaders Real Madrid, who took a 3-1 win on the road against Borussia Dortmund. Uh, did you they watch? demolished Dortmund. Yeah, I was yeah, going to say, did you watch that game? Yeah. They demolished. Obviously, Sergio Ramos should have been sent off early. Didn't happen. Um, but other than that, they demolished Dortmund. Then Dortmund did their, fair, their own fair share of uh, – their own fair share of – shooting themselves in the foot. The problem with this game, and this is only for people that watched it in America, is for 70 minutes, the two commentators, who were John Strong and Eric Winalda, who were pronouncing Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang as Aubameyang, or something, or Aubameyang, which is ridiculous, because apparently now we 
I thought having like John Strong and the American guys was strictly like Europa League stuff. Apparently now we can't get real announcers for this game. But for 70 minutes of this game, all they did was talk about Christian Pulisic, who wasn't on the field until the 70-something minute. And yeah. it's just – it's banana lit. Like, look, we get it. Like, he's – we're in America and you're excited about him and you have the World Cup rights and everything. But, like, you know, Dortmund have so many other good players – that you know are exciting and fun to watch. Real Madrid have Ronaldo, they have Gareth Bale, they have um, Casemiro, they have Luka Modric, who's like the most underrated player in the world. Like, can't you talk about somebody else besides you know the 19-year-old kid that we all know about? And you're just sitting there being like, well, obviously Christian Pulisic is going to come on in this game and change it. That's not obviously. Like, yeah, he did it twice last year, but there's no guarantee that he's going to do that. No, far from it. I mean, he's still young and all that. And like you said, there's good competition for the spots at Dortmund too. So he can't expect to be playing every game. Right. And and at one point, like now, Grant, this is like 18 minutes into the game. So why we're talking about Christian Pulisic um, is beyond me. But at one point, Eric Winalda did make a decent point where he's, you know, he just said to put this into context, we're talking about a 19-year-old American kid where it's like he's disappointed not to be starting against Real Madrid in the Champions League, and he has a right to be. And, all right, that's a good point, and it's it's fair. And, like, put that into context, it's great that we have a player at that stature. Mm-hmm. But, like, okay, cool. That's a good thing to notice. Like, you know, if the camera pans to Pulisic on the bench, we don't have to spend 70 minutes talking about him when he's not on the field. That is totally, totally true. Then uh, another English team that was in action, that was Liverpool. They got a 1-1 draw on the road against Spartak Moscow. Uh, they also sit in second place in their group with two points after two draws, uh, two points behind leader Sevilla. And I know, you know, I'm looking at our rundown and everything. And the question you had here is, is Liverpool, are they in trouble or are they in a better position than Spurs right now in the Champions League? I mean, and like, I think as dumb as that sounds, because one team is sitting on two points and the other team is sitting on six points. It's a, it's a fair question. I feel like on paper, Spurs have the much, much tougher group and therefore I mean, tougher games to come. Well, yeah, that's that's the point. I mean, you look at it right now after September, and uh, yeah, Liverpool, they've, they, you know, Moscow's, a, I, I want to say Moscow's a tricky place to go and get a result, but I mean, United walked away with three points nine minutes into that game, and they would have just had to be on the field for the next 81 minutes. But I wasn't I wasn't expecting that. Moscow's not an easy place to go. Now, obviously, Liverpool probably feels some degree of unhappiness or a reason to be upset when they drop points at home to Sevilla. But you have to say, home to Sevilla, away to, to Spartak Moscow, those are two of the three most difficult games they're going to play. And having two points isn't the end of the world, especially when there's no... It's not like two teams have six points. You know, you're in second place with a better goal difference than the other team. So yeah, right now it looks bad, but think about how it's going to look in four in four weeks when Liverpool play their next two games against something called a Moribor and Spurs play their next two games against Real Madrid. Yeah. And Dortmund play Apoel. And by the way, uh, Dortmund coming into this match, yeah, they just gotten the doors blown out of them by Spurs, but between playing Spurs and... Um, between playing Spurs and playing Real Madrid, their last two games, they outscored their opponents 11-0. Yeah, that's pretty good. 
Yeah, so like they <laughs> they were coming in on pretty good form, and then they just ran into a Real Madrid team that's really freaking good. So it's very possible for Dortmund to blow the doors off of Apoel. And if Spurs don't win their next, if Spurs don't get a result in one of the next two games, all of a sudden you could be looking at even with with Dortmund and behind them on goal differential in four weeks. Whereas you would have to you would have to think Liverpool will be sitting there on probably eight points themselves. Yes. Yeah, that, that's uh, very, very true. Uh, the thing is, though, that head-to-head counts before goal differential. That's true, but, you know, you still have to go to Dortmund mm-hmm. and beat them. Yes. Or not lose to them not for, lose head-to-head to, for head-to-head to count. That is true. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, that group is tricky. I mean, it's... Right, so it, it, like Spurs are doing... You know, they they I don't think they they thought, you know, obviously best case scenario would have been six points. But I don't think a lot of their fans thought they'd be sitting on six points. Mm -hmm. And it's great that they are, but it's a long way to go. And with Liverpool, like, yeah, you had two disappointing results. But again, long way to go. It is a very forgiving format. Uh, If you uh, Arsenal, I think, lost their first two games last year. There was a year where Manchester City went through the first three games and had like one point and they still got out of the group. You know, you just, you have to, it's, you, you beat the minnow of the group. You got to beat them twice and then it's get the results against the other teams and make, and you know, let the other, it's almost to a degree like CONCACAF. Like if you, you take care of yourself and almost everybody else is like not good enough to consistently get their results that they're going to slip up a bit too. And you take advantage of that. Yeah. Yeah. And then Manchester City took a two nothing win over Shakhtar Donetsk at home. So uh, they're sitting. Screw them. Where were the goals? Where were the goals? Yeah, only, them minus two and a half. Only two goals. They couldn't, they couldn't put in three. Apparently not. Apparently not. So at uh, home. Yeah. City. I mean, if they were at Shakhtar, this would be a different story. But at home, come on, guys. Yeah. So they sit at the top of their group uh, with six points, three points ahead of Donetsk and Napoli, who um, took a three-one win over Feyenoord. Then yesterday we had Manchester United playing away to Sheshka Moscow, that ended in a four-one win. For United and like you said earlier it was over fairly quickly in this one yeah big uh big male Lukaku just whipped it out all over Moscow so how many goals does he have now in how many games he's got double digits so I, I assume 10 because the tweet today was he has double digits so 10 in nine <laughs> uh something like that I mean he has one game where he didn't score let me... Yeah, you can check that while I say that. Um... Yeah, 10 and 9. Yeah, 10 and 9, okay. 10 and 9, he's got six, six league goals in six league games. He's got three uh, Champions League goals in two games and then one in the uh, Super Cup. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's a perfect start for Lukaku at Manchester United. It is the perfect start. The issue, the issue that we're, that we're going to have, it, and you said this, so... Uh, I mean, like 10 minutes into the game, you said, hopefully we can get a big lead and Lukaku, you know, can come out and rest, which didn't happen because, of course, it didn't. Like, we used to say this all year last year. Like, hey, maybe we should take Zlatan out of the game after an hour so he can rest for 30 minutes. Not only did that not happen, but at the end of the game, Lukaku was playing on the wing. Rashford was playing centrally. So it just it gives a little bit of fear that... Jose Mourinho may run him into the ground a bit. Now, once that does happen, Zlatan should be back. But at the same time, like Jose Mourinho never really seems to realize when he ran a player into the ground. Mm-hmm. It's always like, well, 
Lukaku's got all these goals this year, and yeah, he hasn't scored in three games, three, four games, but like he just needs to get one, and uh, then he'll be back on track, and I'll just give him 90 minutes to get one. I mean, ho- hopefully, you know, he can sort of manage Lukaku, especially with when Slatan, you know, recovers and his match fit and all that good stuff. Uh, but like, it's not even that. Like, you have Marcus Rashford, yes. who started centrally in the League Cup last week and was tremendous. You have Anthony Martial, who can start centrally. He just Mourinho will never do that. But even then, you could start Rashford centrally and. You could start Martial on the wing, or you don't have to. You could start Juan Mata out there. You could start Jesse Lingard out there. Like, you have players, and there's literally no better time to do that than Crystal Palace this week. Is he going to do that? No. It's going to be Lukaku up front, Rashford on the wing, Mkhitaryan behind him, Juan Mata on the other wing. Yeah. I mean, the it's international break coming up, so, I mean, he wants to end with a win here before they go on break, so I can right, see but, him just going with the okay, strongest side possible. Right. Okay. So there you go. Now you're talking yourself into that. But again, think about who you're playing. Like if we were playing, if we were playing like Stoke at home, I understand that. You're playing Crystal Palace who like have barely even scored a goal in the league. They have not scored a goal in the league. There you go. So like what's wrong with playing Rashford and if after 60 minutes, you know, playing Rashford, playing Jesse Lingard, who you keep saying he needs a game, playing Ander Herrera and those guys – What's wrong with App? Those guys are more than good enough to beat Crystal Palace. If you don't beat them 4 0, okay. It wasn't as entertaining for the fans if you only beat them 1 0 or 2 0. Like, oh well, it's, it's still three points. And if for some reason it's 0 0 after 60 minutes, you got Lukaku on the bench. No one's saying he should be sitting in the stands. No. Like, you got him on the bench. You could bring him on and say, okay, we need a goal now. Yep. There's nothing wrong with doing that. And, like, if you can't, if, you can't brag about your squad depth if you don't trust them to go get three points at home to Crystal Palace. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk more about that game when we preview the Premier League. Uh, we should say that Chelsea took a 2-1 to win on the road over Atletico Madrid, so very good win for them. Oh, oh scoring a goal on the last kick of the game. Yeah, Diego Costa in the stands, not looking happy, uh, which is understandable. He wants yeah. to play in the Champions League. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, other game of note, PSG beat Bayern 3 nothing, and Bayern firing Carlo Ancelotti here uh, today. So uh, a lot of things happening. We'll take our, fir- or our first and only break for this episode, and then when we come back, we'll take a look at the Premier League. So stick around. Okay, and we're back. We're going to take a look here now at what's coming up over the weekend in the Premier League and the big matchup of course on paper is Chelsea Manchester City at Stamford Bridge it's the you know number one team against number three team and uh, how do you see this one playing out Molly interestingly I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be upset that I won't I won't get the chance to watch it but this one should be really good for a whole variety of reasons uh the skill on the field and the chess match between the two managers into how they are going to deploy that skill on the field. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, with, with city being in good goal scoring form, even though they only put two behind uh, Chuck Tar, you would expect, I would definitely take the, uh, the over on this one. So, Uh, well, depends on what the over is. Well, Ah! usually it's somewhere in the neighborhood of 3.5 for two teams like this. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's pull that up right now. Two, 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 two. Uh, where are we? Where are we? Where are we? 
It's 2.5. Okay, then I would definitely take the over. Chelsea or uh, Chelsea are at home, that's why. Oh, that changes things. No, it's still, they have goals in them too. I, I know they have goals, but I, I thought that this was at City and I thought it would go one way, and now I'm rethinking that. Well, it's at Stanford Bridge. That's Stanford the, Bridge is nice and like very compact. That's the late Ooh, game. Gives, the late game on Saturday, 12.30 p.m. kickoff. So, okay. yeah, it will be interesting yeah. to see. It's, I mean, well, I mean, here's what it ultimately comes down to: is last season once Chelsea found their identity, they played that way all the time, which and they ran through the league in the first half of the year. But then in the second, again, like I'll bring this up again in the second half of the year, they they did slip up a bit, they did struggle a bit, and you and Elliot loved to get on me being like, "Oh, are you sure that the title race isn't back on?" I just sat there being like, "No, title race is over. Chelsea's gonna win. Doesn't matter." what anybody else are doing, they're still going to win it. And they did, pretty handily. This year they've demonstrated, especially when they went out to Tottenham, a team that you know usually likes to press you and everything, they, they said, we're not going to play the way we normally play. We're going to sit back and we're going to hit you on the counter. So they've already demonstrated the way that they are willing to adapt and change to, you know, to really, according to who they're playing, figure mm-hmm. out the best way to beat you and yep. we're going to play that way. Manchester City play one way and one way only, and and that's they're going to live and die by that. Pretty and much, it, yeah. I I almost think that 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 kind of puts the ball in Chelsea's court because, uh, like, the the analogy I always use for this is in the mid two thousands when the New England Patriots won three Super Bowls in like four years, they weren't that good at anything. You know, they were above average on offense. They were they had a pretty good but not the best defense they didn't really have a running game they didn't but they didn't really have great receivers anyway their strength was they looked at each team and they said where are you at where are you at the weakest and that's where we're going to attack Mm -hmm. then came 2007 when they went out and they got randy moss they got wes welker they uh all of a sudden had this unbelievable offense their defense wasn't as good and their running game went went to crap but they just said our offense is so good that's how we're going to play of it play on you and uh they lost in the super bowl but they didn't win a super bowl for a while because their offense was so good and they were just like we're just going to do this and we're going to do this and that was their undoing because teams figured out how to stop them you know good teams that knew how to stop them were able to beat them so it's it's almost better when you can play in multiple ways and say we're going to adapt and try to beat you by absorbing what you do best and trying to beat you where you where you're worse now maybe manchester city are just so good that it doesn't matter uh like you know the pats still went 14 and 2 like every one of those seasons and made it to the ac championship game every time because it's it's only you have to be really good in order to beat them you have to be able to absorb what they come at you with and exploit their weaknesses chelsea might be good enough to do that yeah, I mean, it's definitely a game within the game between the two managers here, and it'll be interesting to see how Antonio Conte will tackle this phenomenal offense that City has. So that will definitely be a game to watch on Saturday. The early game is Huddersfield against Spurs. Also, Man City still have that new secret weapon of England call-up Fabian Delph. Oh, yeah. Who somehow got an England call-up. I'm not sure how. Yep. Yeah, we'll talk more international soccer on Monday, of course, as we head into the international break. 
Manchester United, like we said, they're playing at home to Crystal Palace, and it's been a rough schedule for Palace, and it looks like they'll be heading towards another loss. We'll see if they can score a goal or not. We'll reveal that. You better in knock our, on some wood right now. In our in our scoring prediction. Um, then Sunday, 7 a.m., Arsenal against Brighton. I'm not going to set my watch for that one. I'll probably be up, but I won't set my watch. And then one interesting game, too, is the late game there, 11.30 a.m. kickoff. Newcastle against Liverpool. Rafa Benitez going up against its old side, Liverpool. It's a Rafa Benitez derby. Yep. I mean, this is a game that Rafa really wants to win. It's a game Rafa really wants to win, and his t- he's he's got Newcastle playing, I don't want to say, like, really well, but, like, with an identity mm-hmm. is probably the fairest way to describe them right now. And right now, Jurgen Klopp has Liverpool playing with an identity, and that identity is we leak goals at the back, and if you park the bus, we really can't break you down. They suffered a one nothing loss against Brighton last week, but prior to that, they had three straight wins. So, I mean, I wouldn't put it past Newcastle to get a result here. Uh, we'll see how things shake out. Um, let's head into our scoring predictions here. And first out, like we said, Huddersfield against Tottenham. No, first out is you read off the scores. Like, you gotta... <sighs> you're not even... It's not even like you're that far behind us. Like, you shouldn't even be forgetting this anymore. I'm in second place. You And you are, were very close to being in, in first place. Yes, Paulie, you're I, in the lead, 42 points. If it I'm wasn't in, for the Monday night game, I would yeah. not have. I would not be in first. Yeah, 42 points for you, Paulie, 39 points for me, and then 37 for Elliot. My literally my scores in the last three weeks, 10, one, 10. Yep. So had I just gone with, if I didn't show up two weeks ago and just went with the one nail for the home team in each game, I would have had a better. <laughs> yep. Yep. It would have. Um, so I guess I'm due for, I guess I'm due for a, a one. Mm. If this pattern continues, yeah, which we'll see. scares me. Yeah. Huddersfield Tottenham. Um, I mean, Huddersfield, they've been pretty decent here at the start of the season, but I'm giving this one to Spurs 2 nothing. Oh, I go 3. Okay. Another Harry Kane hat-trick? No, no. Um, but I think he scores 1 or 2. Yeah. I think Deli Deli will get on the score sheet. Maybe give one to Sun. Mm. Yeah, maybe. Then Stoke against Southampton. Uh, Stoke playing at home. 1-1 one, one draw. Seems fairly probable. I go one nil to Stoke. Mm. I mean, this is classic. Like, oh, we beat all the good teams at home. Yeah. Uh, and now we're playing like a bad team, in, or not a bad team, but like a mediocre team. That if we beat in Arsenal and United, or gotten results against Arsenal and United, we should beat Southampton, and probably won't. So, but yeah. Then we got. Man- I'm gonna I'm gonna do the dumb thing and base my pick on previous week's results. Okay. Then we got Manchester United against Crystal Palace. Four nil. Still no uh, goal for Palace. Well, last time we played a home game, Burton Albion scored against us. Yeah. I, I, oh yeah. I'm sorry. I just gave away my pick to you. Um, I'm gonna go four nil. Also, I wanted to go three nil because I like my ideal was that Lukaku wouldn't start and we'd like rotate the squad a bit, but that's not gonna happen. No. So might as well pick based on what's going to happen rather than what i want to happen mm-hmm. yeah then we got west ham against swansea mm, 2-1 west ham <sighs> chicharito double i need that for my fantasy team so let's make i want to i almost want to say like neither of these teams are going to get anything but but that usually like results in a goal fest <sighs> i'm gonna go three two 
to the home side? Yeah, I'll give it to West Ham. Okay. But oh, I am not. I'm not happy with that pick. Okay. And we got Bournemouth against Leicester. Bournemouth struggling, sitting in 19th place now. Four losses in their last five. Leicester not doing much better though. They also have they have three. Yeah, they have three losses in a draw in their last four. I'm gonna give it to Leicester though. Uh, three one. I go two one to Leicester. That that game seems like a draw though. You know what game seems like a draw to me? That's West Brom against Watford. One one. No, I'm gonna give this one. I'm gonna go two one to Watford, and that's. Is that based on what's going to happen? I don't know. Is it based on the fact that I wanted to pick Watford last week and accidentally wrote in Swansea? Probably. So we're picking Watford this week, and I'm sure they'll disappoint me for the second week in a row. Yeah, then we got that Chelsea against Manchester City game. I'm going 2-2 draw here. I'm going to zag when you guys zig, and I'm going to say 2-1 to Chelsea. I think Chelsea come up with the win when they need it. Okay. Then we got that early game on Sunday, Arsenal against Brighton. Two nothing Arsenal. Two one. Oh, I'm going two one too many. Wow, I'm going two one too many times. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going two one. Uh, I'll just yeah, I'll, I'll piggyback on you. I'll okay. go two now. Then we got Everton Burnley. Everton not playing super well. Hmm, this one is tough. I almost want to say. I am going 2-1 Burnley. I'll, I'll do it. You stole my pick, except I was going 1-0 Burnley. And then last game, that's the Newcastle Liverpool game. Goal fest galore, 4-2 Liverpool. Nah, 2-2. They get the result. Rafa. Rafa. Coming up. 2-2. Yeah. yeah, we'll see. Elliot will hopefully get his picks in before kickoff. Otherwise, it's one nothing to all the home sides. And... Um, Hey, he might do better than me. <laughs> hey, he might. He probably will get more than one point. Um, Paulie, I know you have a final thought here before we sign off. So do you have take, a final thought? Or? I do not. Take it away. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned it before, Bayern Munich fi- firing Carlo Ancelotti after uh, the loss against PSG. And I, aside from the fact, well, there's two things here. One is it shows how much of a joke the Bundesliga is because no longer does domestic success mean anything at Bayern Munich. Uh, you're supposed to, like, it's almost just as if a manager gets brought in, they just say, oh, yeah, just play the, you have to play the league games because it's a rule, but, like, we're going to win the league no matter what you do. You're only here to win the Champions League. You're here to manage a 13, if you win enough, a 13-game season. Uh, And if you're not getting that job done, you're out of here because, again, we're going to walk through the Bundesliga in our sleep. So, uh, that's not good for the Bundesliga, but I mean, we've discussed this on previous shows. We already know what's going to happen with the Bundesliga. I still find it exciting. It is what it is. But forget about that for a second. I really think that ultimately this firing comes because of one thing and one thing only, and that's because Carlo Ancelotti did not give enough chances to Julian Green last year after he had a fire preseason, scoring tons of goals in the International Champions Cup, and, and ended up selling him this year, this past summer. Uh, that's probably why he got fired. That is not why he got fired. Uh, the more I think about it, the more it's like that's actually the only logical reason as to why he got fired. No, not at all. Uh, we should say that uh, former Bayern Munich player Vili Segnol will take over in the meantime. So we'll see who ends up being the new Bayern boss. I know that they're going to wait till the end of the season. There's a lot of big, big uh, characters in that boardroom. So. Uh, <laughs> they're going to wait till the end of the season to get like a big name. Yeah. Um, 
there's someone in Germany who's like a young guy that I know wants it, but it's, it's not going to happen now. And that, that's a prominent name. They're going to wait till the end of the season because, again, no matter who they put in there, they're, they're going to waltz their way to the Bundesliga title. And the reason for that is not just because they're so insanely talented, but like their biggest competitors are just too inconsistent. Yeah, and they keep buying up all the best players in the league. But even all right, but even then, like they can't they're not buying anybody until at least January. And normally their January buys are just like who's good this year and we'll buy you for next year. Yeah. It's more just it's more like Dortmund are not going to withstand a title challenge because they're just too inconsistent. With that, we'll say goodbye. As always, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm Seb Nor and Polly's P. Questel. Elliot is Keats was better. And we'll talk to you again on Monday. Until then, have a good one. Bye-bye. Thank you.